Hello everyone. My name is Ashwini Sunar. I am the growth engineer at customfit.ai. Uh, today we are here with Andy Lambert. Uh, thank you, Andy, for joining us from UK. Uh, let me give a brief introduction about Andy to our audience. He is the marketing director at ContentCal. Uh, they are helping more than 40,000 businesses globally from more than 140 countries uh, to organize and share better uh, marketing content. And Andy is one of the founding team member of ContentCal. Uh, also, congratulations to you and your team to raise uh, $6.2 million uh, Series A funding, which has happened recently. Thank Without you. any delay. Let's uh, hear Andy's story in this marketing world. Welcome, Andy. Yeah, thank you very much. Just a, a quick correction, though. I, I'm growth director, not marketing director. We do we do actually okay. have another um, yeah head of marketing, uh, but yeah, uh, I'm I'm growth. It basically means it straddles across marketing, sales, and product. Basically, it's okay. across your role. Yeah. Sure, sure. It's our pleasure to interview you. Uh, our audience would love to hear about uh, you and your journey so far. Can you just uh, please take us uh, through your marketing life? Yeah, definitely. Uh, it took me a, a lot longer to get into marketing than I would have liked. Um, that was marketing was something I wanted to to do as soon as I kind of tried to start my working life. Um, but I couldn't find a marketing role, so I ended up going into sales. And that took me on a very different trajectory in B2B sales, but it was very useful as uh, as a way to build context and also uh, to realize at that time, which was what, 2008, um, at that time, how badly many B2B businesses marketed themselves, because typically it's all driven through sales. Marketing was seen as like a support function. Um, of which I always thought was that was a big missed opportunity. So as my sales career evolved, I ended up uh, probably in about 2014, I think it was, or 2016 it was, um, at an organization called Workfront, um, leading enterprise sales there. But one thing that struck me about Workfront is their focus. They had a completely different approach to B2B marketing, which um, I think probably, well, we five years later, it probably doesn't seem so radical, but for me, it seemed incredibly radical then. They invested very heavily in brand, very heavily in content, um, and essentially were a content-driven business, uh, yet were a B2B, had a big B2B sales force. So uh, a really big inbound-led machine following very closely in the steps of HubSpot. So that really opened my eyes. And to be honest, I took a huge amount of learnings away from that because uh, the following year I I met who is now our CEO, Alex Packham. He had an idea for what would become Content Cal. I liked the idea. I joined him on the journey in 2016. Uh, we applied a lot of those um, foundational rules that I I discovered in you know my my uh, sales career but just thinking about it from a marketing perspective applied that to content cal and now you know five years later we've become the fastest growing company in our space so a very strange journey into marketing through basically through sales but uh, i got there in the end <laughs> great uh we would like to understand andy a, a bit about your current company content cal uh, and uh, what philosophy you follow to keep up the spirit? 
Uh, yeah, so so Content Cal is a content marketing platform. Uh, allows businesses of all sizes to organize, manage, plan, uh, and create better content. So it's not just limited to social, it's all types of content, emails, blogs, press releases, etc. So basically providing enterprise grade tools, but accessible to, to any size of business. And that's, that's been our, our driver of growth. In terms of like a marketing philosophy, I don't really subscribe to any other than uh, more about values and principles, I would say which is the number one value and principle is, um, and sorry for my language, no bullshit. So removing any of that marketing fluff, which you'll typically see a lot of businesses. So unless it's true, it's not going in anything. Um, always being human and accessible, um, like just just being there for the kind of community that we've built and being you know, someone that we're a business that people can turn to, not just because they need new software, but when they're struggling with their content marketing plan and their strategy. So being accessible and human like that has been yeah, a real good growth driver and just a value that we um, we uphold. And the, the final one, in, and it's quite cliche, which is all about like adding value. We've invested hugely in, in educational content, and that's truly what we believe in. It's our educational content, as I'm sure we'll come on to talk about, that has driven our content marketing engine as we're an inbound-driven business, we're a marketing-led business uh, at Content Cal. It's all been driven through the educational content that we've created. Uh, we recently conducted a uh, conducted an interview, Andy. So there, the speaker uh, Digvijay Vanchu, he said, uh, when it comes to marketing, content is the king. So I hmm. think uh, that's where you uh, are working for and uh, eat and drink about the content. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. <laughs> okay, so uh, coming to the next question, uh, what is the source of information uh, to keep yourself updated in this industry, like our industry updates? Yeah, so um, from a social media perspective, um, I spend a lot of time um, looking at social media news on social media today. That's my favorite website for the the up-to-date and breaking social media news. From marketing practices in general, um, two other places. So uh, a website called themarketingmeetup.com, uh, they have the best marketing-led webinars. Um, so that's my kind of education on other things marketing, when I want to learn about something new about um, link building, PR, whatever. Uh, those webinars are hugely valuable, so that's the marketing meetup. Um, and also when I want to look at like case studies and examples, um, uh, marketingexamples.com, really simple title, um, but it's such practical, brilliantly like simple advice, but so brilliantly delivered. Um, so for me that they are the places I go to, to, to get really crystal clear, uh, marketing education. I think this information would be really, really have helpful for us, uh, like for us and the fellow marketers who are doing MBA or maybe who are into uh, zero to two years experience of, in the marketing world. Exactly. I agree. Uh, so can you share the most successful campaign of yours uh, handled so far? And at the same time, a failure campaign to, a campaign to uh, will try to learn from both of your experiences. Yeah, so 
most successful has, has been, it's not necessarily a campaign as such, but more of a initiative or a focus. Uh, it's been on our webinars. Our webinars have done incredibly well, just in you know, each month we generate two and a half thousand new leads through our webinars, um, of which are all educationally focused with guest speakers on each one. Um, working with guests on these webinars has been such a critical part of our strategy because it provides us with an additional promotion angle for our for our audience, right? Because you know, the higher profile guests we get involved, the bigger the reach of, of our webinar. Um, so that's that's been really good, and we we are very. I mean, webinars are pretty common, but we we curate them very heavily. As in, like there is no sales stuff in them whatsoever. No one's allowed to pitch. It has to be very practical, uh, advice-driven uh, content, and that's the beauty of content marketing. When people really understand it, it actually doesn't need to be salesy because when you add value and you build trust then ultimately people are sensible enough to understand your brand. They know it's a Content Cal webinar, they'll find you if, if they need your product. And it's about having that, being okay with that, not feeling like you have to just use every, every opportunity as a selling platform. And that's been, uh, I think we've always had that mindset here at Content Cal, but that's where I see a lot of businesses struggle when they think about content marketing. They always feel they have to be selling. Um, and then what has failed, because we fail a lot, um, one of the most recent things that have failed is uh, I try to create a refer a friend program because naturally we grow very well organically at Content Cal, lots of people share lots of good things. And I wanted to try and find a way to engineer that, to make it more, have more intent to say, you know, help someone tell someone else. Um, trying to engineer it for us. I know it worked brilliantly well in the likes of Dropbox. Uh, hasn't worked for us as yet. So um, yeah, that, that campaign and that initiative was a bit of a wasted effort. So back to the drawing board with that one. For good uh, learning. Okay, so I would like to actually understand more about your webinar part. So uh, like, as you said that uh, you are uh, actually capable to generate more and more leads, 2,000, 2,500 per month to your webinar. So uh, how you actually uh, monitor that? First, how you uh, cater to uh, like invite such kind of uh, guests to your webinars? And secondly, how do you monitor that? That I really want to understand about it. Yeah, so, um... We find the guests predominantly, um, I would say I find them through uh, the two websites that I shared earlier. So I'm, when I'm watching a really good webinar on like the marketing meetup, I'll typically write, if the speaker's good, I will write to the speaker afterwards and say, you know, we, we would love to host you. <laughs> That's a nice um, yeah, and the, and the same same thing when I see uh, people writing really good things on marketingexamples.com, I will, you know, I will write, reach out to them and say, this is a brilliant article, inspired me, would love to host you. Um, that works really well as a strategy. Lots of people are very keen to share their advice and time, and it feels feels great to be invited to stuff. Um, so that's how we, we find these people. And because over time, and don't don't get me wrong, it's not like, we did our first webinar and you know hundreds of people joined i think about 14 people joined our first webinar but it's it's over the over the last year that it's built and our reputation for like good quality stuff 
builds. So more and more people are like, oh, you should go to this because this was valuable. Um, because we all have no shortage of things that we could do, right? And no competition for, there's so much competition for our time. It means that the, the good content gets referred and starts to rise to the top. And when I mean good content, it's about, like I've been saying throughout all of this, adding value. So that's how we, we find those people and how we kind of curate the content that, uh, that we build. Uh, and then in terms of how we monitor it, uh, we use a webinar platform called Demio, uh, D-E-M-I-O, which is which works well. And uh, what we what we have is an integration set up between Demio and HubSpot, which is our CRM. So naturally, anyone that subscribes uh, or registers for a webinar on Demio, um, naturally those those customer details backfill into HubSpot um, with their lead source, so we know where that contact came from. And naturally in HubSpot, we manage the whole nurture process. So after someone's watched a webinar, we'll, we'll see what kind of, you know, are they an agency, they're a brand, a B2B, whatever. We, we know that so we can serve them follow on relevant bits of content, whether it's our email newsletter or whatever. And then we take them on a journey, hopefully, to get them to a point of, of kind of subscribing. And then we track this all in our content marketing ROI tracker, of which I'm happy to share with anyone. It's just a, it's just a Google sheet. Um, but because of the, the data that we get out of HubSpot is so good, we can now track and, you know, a year on into doing this webinar strategy, I know exactly what the economic value is of every single sign up to each individual webinar. So our, our average kind of economic value is about 50 pounds for each person that signs up, because what that means is that because we know our conversion rate for the people that join these webinars, how likely they are to purchase, the average size of plan size they're likely to purchase. And then when you look at those conversion rates plus average purchase prices, then it's very easy to assign a, a value to, um, to each individual contact that signs up. When you've got a value per each individual contact, it means you've got some justification around like investing. If we're going to be putting some more paid media or spend to promote a webinar further, we know that we're likely to see that return. Does that make sense? Definitely. So that's that's a valuable information for us. Uh, before moving ahead to our next question, I would like to break the ice and add some shower. Uh, like uh, I would like to understand about your diet plan, uh, the secret of your fitness and some some personal, but yeah, uh, again, valuable for us. It's in the new normal and work from home uh, concept. How did you manage to uh, like, uh, be fit in, in all the scenario? <laughs> well, I'll, I'll answer that one in not a very exciting way in that the fact are I am not very fit. I might look quite skinny, but I'm just lucky. So I don't, uh, <laughs> yeah. um, I, I am not, I'm not fit and I, I've struggled. And at times I've very much struggled over the course of the last 18 months or however long we've been in this now. I have two young children uh, and being at home uh, all day, every day is, is very hard whilst you're, you know, trying to, to help kind of coordinate this business and steer it in the right direction. So it's, it's very hard. Um, I have very little advice to, to share, I would say, because <laughs> okay. through it. So yeah, not much to share on that one. And in terms of a, of a life plan, um, to be honest, uh, I would be lying if I said I had a particular plan as such. My, my only focus is to make this company the, the best it can be. 
and uh, turn it into a hundred million dollar business. And however long that takes, it takes. So uh, I'm all in. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, so, uh, what is that one advice you would like to give to entry-level marketers or salesperson uh, for their successful career? Yeah, for for early-stage marketers, um, I would say being a continual student, learning as much as you can. Um, there's just so many resources out there, which I've shared a couple of. Um, so, being a continual student, and that's. That doesn't just apply for early stage marketers, it applies to anyone in the in the trade because it changes at a ridiculous rate, as you know. Um, and it can be sometimes frustrating as to how quickly things change because you think you've learned something, you think you've got something down and you know something will change again. So being a continual student um, helps hugely. In terms of like early stages though, something that I I found was very useful in my early stages, even when I was struggling to, to get that marketing career that I wanted, as I mentioned earlier, is that I, I started a little side hustle, a little side business, a little website that I, I just started to practice my craft. I thought I understood an element of marketing, but there's something like marketing you can practice in your own time whenever you want, right? So you can build a little website, even if you've got nothing to sell, build a personal blog, see if you can build a like a presence or a profile on a social platform. Um, all of that, you know, they are invaluable skills to learn. How you can build something from nothing is one of the most valuable skills anyone can have, right? That's, that's true. Yeah. So that, that would be my advice is that, you know, don't rely on anyone else to, to help you or rely on a career that's going to help kind of educate and level you up. Uh, it's kind of your responsibility. Build something from scratch, create something. Independent. Yeah. Exactly that. At least when it comes to uh, learning phase. Exactly. Uh, who is your mentor in this this field? So you just look up to him or her and uh, want to be like her or uh, him, or maybe you look up to uh, them when you are in deep trouble. Um, so yeah, I think so. I have I have my personal mentor, and I always recommend like someone to have some mentor. And I'd be very lucky to find who someone who is our chairman, uh, a guy called Colin Smith. Um, I call him my work dad, and he's because he's been through building businesses, selling businesses, um, and yeah, he's he's just someone that's there to listen when you know naturally you you struggle with stuff over the course of life and you like try and figure out you know how do i get over this hurdle having someone like that that's um that's just there to offer some advice and just listen outside of your family is really powerful um do i want to be like him not really though uh, i would like to like you know i don't think that's a healthy thing to want to be like someone um because you know everyone's got their own unique skill sets but having someone that's in your corner um, outside of your immediate friends and family and will tell you how it is, even when sometimes that truth is painful. Um, so that's, I, I would definitely recommend that. I've been very, very lucky to, to find someone like that for sure. Uh, but there's actually, since um, there's a lot of mentorship platforms out there, something like Mentor Exchange now, where there's a lot of more, there's more willingness from individuals who who are leaders within businesses, something like the Marketing Academy, if I knew of that, 
um, 10 years ago, uh, who knows where my career would have gone. Um, the Marketing Academy has been brilliant about inspiring the next generation of marketers and, you know, CMOs from some of the biggest brands are part of that and wanting to inspire the next generation. I think it's, it's just a nice kind of life cycle and it's always been the case where people that are toward, nearing the end of their career want to be able to feel like they're giving back. But now platforms exist to make that much more scalable. So yeah, um, yeah, Marketing Academy and Mentor Exchange is definitely a couple of things I would implore anyone to, to check out whatever stage of their career they're in. Uh, so what do you think the most effective way of increasing a brand's online presence? Um, so content marketing, basically, <laughs> quite simply. Like, <laughs> top two channels, right? So I was looking at some research that came out in January, but the top two channels for uh, how people discover and research brands, top uh, one with like 54% is um, uh, SEO search, so Google search. Um, and the second one with like 44% is social media. So a content strategy that transcends both social and long form content, um, that is your way to increase your, your brand's presence. But it takes time. It absolutely takes time. So, um, but it's, it's one of those things that you invest in over the long term. And that's a very important thing. It's like you need to invest over the long term. There's, there are short term things you can do, right? Paid media is a is a good example of that any any press campaigns are all good but they're just short-term spikes content marketing is your long-term growth engine um so yeah that would be my answer okay uh any any new tools or platform which you tried in recent times are you uh, uh, a go-to guy to try out new tools in the marketing world yeah i do like a, a marketing tool um the one that we we are playing with the most and i think we're we're rolling out um right now is um well two tools one called amplitude and one called segment which is all about how we analyze behavior of uh, our both our app users and our website users so um we're quite early on in the journey of like proper conversion rate optimization and those minor tweaks um of which we'll probably talk about uh, conversion rate optimization in a second. But um, yeah, we're early on in that. So amplitude and segment are good for that. Um, and, but for a finance perspective, as we started to grow customers in lots of different markets and being able to get a really clear picture of different demographics and cohorts, um, yeah, Chart Mogul has been a brilliant addition to us for that making it really clear to understand where our kind of heat maps are, where are we getting most customers, what what uh, region location they're in, what's our kind of churn rate within each of those different regions. Super powerful. We used, to, we used to have to build so many spreadsheets to try and find this information, but you know now we've got charts where we can just look at it and get the answer. So Chart Mogul's been really good for that. So uh, our next question is a little bit a twisted one, uh, not relevant to this, but yeah, yet important in this world. So uh, do you think email marketing still has a, a role to play in lead generation? Absolutely. So in lead generation, less so, I would say. So it has a role to play, but not at the top of the funnel. So top of the funnel for me is all about content marketing, right? So as we've just been speaking about webinars, uh, blogs, um, social, whatever. Um, so 
email is fantastic in um, in nurturing, however. So, um, and that's where you know email is a fundamental part of our strategy. Um, but ultimately, it's how we've acquired that email address is the important thing, right? We've we've all been there and done that. Yeah. Bought a lot yeah. of data, emailed it out. Those as far as I'm concerned, those days are those days are done. And we like you know that's is there are some successes you can get from that. And in the early days, I was guilty of doing that too. Buy an email list and out it goes. But it's not a long term strategy. Uh, but yes, email when done right is still incredibly powerful. Okay, uh, and can you just emphasize on uh, your statement that when done right? So, uh, what exactly, in which metrics uh, do you uh, refer this sentence? Uh, um, so, the, the metrics that I care the most about, you mean? Like uh, in email uh, email marketing, so when done in, in the correct way, so is it uh, a kind of personalization what we do for the uh, person doing a research about him and, and write the emails or maybe uh, the relevant, what he re really wants, uh, understanding that, understanding the next person. Is it is it the way? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, um, we've still got a lot of work to do on our email strategy. We've got a whole lot more intelligence to apply to it. But when people subscribe to our content, they'll typically answer a number of questions around like what challenges you face in content marketing, are you using any other tools today? And that helps us um, build a picture of that organization. HubSpot already captures like their company size information and all that stuff and their job role and stuff because it pulls it in from LinkedIn. So we've actually got quite enriched data, even though the customer, we haven't forced them to put that information in. We've just asked them a couple of questions. Uh, we have, on the basis of these questions, we use HubSpot to run some lead scoring. So to score them out of 10 based on size of organization, how they've answered some of these questions. Um, when we score them in different ways, then naturally those leads that get scored in different ways go through slightly different journeys, right? The ones that are um, look like large organizations have yeah, a real need for what we do. Naturally, they're gonna get funneled to a salesperson and a salesperson is gonna manually write that email to say, you know, to make it super relevant, super tailored of which you can you need a human to write it to be able to to do that but for the rest of it naturally we'll have a, a number of different like what we call email cadences so sequences of emails associated based on the the data that we've captured from uh, from those customers it's all built in me i make it sound more complex than it is really it's all just built in hubspot through automations um so it's quite simple to do but um i would say we're still pretty much if there was 10 steps to, to doing email well, we're probably step three, I would say. we got a whole load more to do, that's for sure. Right. Uh, so what's your take on the conversion optimization, especially with the website traffic? So um, my take on it is, yes, it's very important, um, but it's not important in the early days. So. Um, marketers can get lost by trying to tweak minor metrics, so micro metrics, when actually the, the thing they should be focusing on is macro stuff. If you don't get enough in at the top of the funnel, there's no point trying to mess around with conversion rate optimization um, because you, could, you can get lost for hours in it. 
super important when you're at scale. So give you an idea, like only now, like I said to you earlier, um, are we at Content Cal five years into our journey generating um, three and a half thousand new leads a month? Um, only at that this point now are we trying to increase our conversion rate. So, um, so very important for the stage that we're at for sure. Um, because then there's meaningful gains to be get from, like a 1% shift in conversion will be massive for us. So that's where we're gonna be focusing a lot of energies this year in maximizing what we've got for sure. In the same way that like I explained that we're gonna be doing a lot more of our email, we're doing a lot more on CRO. Um, but unless you've got that volume in, if you're running like a couple of hundred leads a month, um, well, actually, that depends on the size of the business, right? It depends how valuable those leads are. So I'm going to forget the number. But more, if you don't feel like you're at that scale yet, uh, I would focus more on top of the funnel and demand generation as your, your primary point of concern. I think, Andy, we have uh, brought a lot of information and grabbed a lot, lot of things uh, from you uh, as far as this marketing world is concerned. But finally, it would be great if you could share any experience of yours or precious information uh, with our audience uh, uh, if you would like to share to be a successful marketer or salesperson. Yeah, I mean, as a as a successful marketer or salesperson, you know, I'm, I think I'll probably end up repeating what I what I said earlier. It's just, you know, always be curious that the level of curiosity has has helped massively. So questioning, without being awkward, questioning most of the things you see, like why why did they, this happen? Why did they do that? And trying to understand as much as possible. You know, um, I rate curiosity and creativity above pretty much anything else in terms of like skills, um, because they're things, I don't really mind, and I'm talking about like when we're hiring people, like. I don't really care so much about like your prior experiences about the mindset. If you're naturally curious, you want to explore new things uh, and you're always looking for, for different ways to approach stuff, that is super powerful. And with that curiosity, and if you couple that with creativity, like an ability to apply a, a kind of non-standard response to a certain situation, then, you know, that's gold dust, to be honest. And, uh, it takes time to get there. And I would say, you know, it's something I still challenge myself on. And uh, the final thing to go away from is that this is something I read fairly recently, and I think it's worthwhile repeating it because um, naturally in marketing, you can put loads of stuff out, right? You could, there's no stuff you could do, but ask yourself whenever you're producing whatever it is, if it's a piece of content, a paid ad or whatever, Ask yourself, like, do I love it? And if the answer is no, don't do it. So it's too easy just to tick a box and get something out. Unless you truly feel proud of that, uh, I would suggest, I suggest you don't put it out. There's enough content out there. Improve quality rather than quantity would be my advice. I think that's a very powerful statement, uh, a statement of today, I would say and uh, today's world also that uh, improve and quality rather than quantity definitely uh, with this uh, question i would wrap up the session but yeah we uh, we uh, we are actually a lot to go on.